Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We're here together in the studio today, ladies. Happy I Thursday. Know. The stew. Once again, I did not properly assess how to dress for the weather. Wearing too many layers, too big a sweater. Did it's you actually get a little, quite hot. A little, a little shiny on the way here? Yeah, yeah. You know, a thing about me is that I act like I don't have access to information about what the weather is. When in fact we we all do, and least, it's on my phone. At least you need to be kinder to yourself because I'm literally wearing mesh and a dress and like basically nothing. And I knew and I dressed for it and whatever, and I was sweating my ass off because it said it's it's humid today. It's gonna be a high of seventy two, but it's gonna be raining. It is just confusing times. Out it was there. raining when we woke up, but then it said it was gonna be seventy eight and sunny. Yeah, but then it then it says it's gonna rain again. It's just like nasty. It's like muggy. I was walking down the street and you can barely see the city skyline because it's so thick outside. I don't know. It's no one's fault. True. And yesterday was genuinely cold. And then Tuesday for Trump's arraignment was the most beautiful Beautiful day day we've had in the city. Of the year, honestly. Of the year so far. A beautiful day for an arraignment. The heavens shined on all these beautiful people and told Marjorie Taylor Greene to get the fuck out of here. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Chandler Dean, yes. who is a comedian that Millie and I both know, who some of you may have seen in the news because he and his now wife months ago scheduled their courthouse wedding for Tuesday at the court in Lower Manhattan. Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, it would be the same time and place of Donald yeah. Trump's arraignment. And they did use the hashtag arraigned marriage, which I As think is must. extremely funny. They really um, <laughs> they really rose to the occasion in terms of knowing that their wedding was going to be a content moment and just going for it. And because, yes. listen, there's a TikTok. Yep. There's, there's a tweets, Slate article. <laughs> the Slate article. They are out there. Uh, I hope that like the professional photographers down there, there was at least one or two that that knew like, I'm going to take your pictures. What's your email? Let me send them. Yeah. 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 That's like so I Like how many people can say they got married. I mean, hopefully a lot. Hopefully we've got some more days coming. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully well, many more people will be able to share well, a court true. date with Donald Trump. That's that is true. That is true. <laughs> In many states. In many and, states and, and Georgia. Absolutely. So let's start there. It happened. Trump was arraigned after surrendering himself into police custody this week. We are no longer Trump arrest virgins. How did it feel? Did it feel like how you thought it would feel? You feel different. It's a lot more pain and blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, really fast. It was faster than I thought. For it my was first faster time. Faster than I thought, but we were prepped for. You know. You know. The thing is that there was we had such protection. A, yeah, we had protection, but it was also like there was so much of an emphasis of when when is when is it going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? 
Uh, and then when it happened, it was just so fast that we didn't get time to appreciate Mm-mm. the first and time. But, you know, I feel like there'll be better, more satisfying times mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just the perfect way to belabor the metaphor. Oh, no, yeah. The metaphor is actually really giving. No, that, that, yeah, thank you. Yes, I was you, ready to give it was up Amanda. Mine, and then Millie kept going, and you should have seen my yeah, eyes. Her, her eyes. <laughs> and that's why I earned my keep on this. No. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at being present on the podcast because whenever one of you, you two, I can instantly know when you two are going to go into a moment that I want to clip for a video, and I'm always like, there it is. There it is. What time is it? What's the timestamp? Yes. Um, anyway. But <laughs> no, I think, no, the metaphor The first time stands, is never the most satisfying. The first time is never the most satisfying. I feel like, but, but I will say, I don't know if we're going to talk about it. There's rumors of a seventh Trump air. <laughs> there is rumors of a seventh Trump air. So as is part it of seven? The, I just guessed that. Oh, <laughs> I, um, I was Donald, like, does he have seven? Uh, Donald this Trump, his, that would be his DJ Tiffany, TJ, DJ Eric. TJ, Eric, Tiffany, uh, Ivanka, Ivanka Baron. Baron. So it'd be six. Six. Wow. His six. So apparently, so DJ, DJ. this wasn't part of the indictment, but the like prosecutors came out with like a, you know, statement of facts and in that they show why they think this is like a pattern of behavior. And one of them referenced a time that the National Enquirer had paid to silence a story about a potential Trump love child. Ronan Farrow and others have investigated that and said that, like, he probably doesn't that that particular story is probably not credible. But come on. I am certain that Trump has at least another one more child out there. Well, if if that's not true, then go off. On I the said security. not credible. I not said not credible. credible. But someone got paid off. And that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Right. And God bless the person who was like. It was like yeah, a doorman. The money, it was the doorman. It yeah. was the doorman. So he knew something. Was it full on Arnold Schwarzenegger? Maybe not. But he knew that there was some happening yeah. that he needed to get paid off for. And to that guy, go, go off. I mean, honestly, Donald Trump probably isn't paying his doorman what he's owed no. yeah. in other ways. So well, imagine not giving a Christmas tip and then you find out. Yeah. Well, that's the best Christmas tip of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, of Christmas absolutely. tips, this Daniels. <laughs> but this was, you know, like like many first experiences, as we have said, somewhat anticlimactic. His lawyers and the rest of us learned the specific 34 felonies he's been charged with. No surprises there. Some people thought that maybe it was going to be um, different than what we expected. And that's maybe why they pulled up the indictment when we thought it might come when the grand jury reconvened. But they all related to payments that Trump made to improve his chances of winning the election and concealing the purpose of expenditures that improve your chances to win election that's not allowed so falsifying business records in pursuit of that crime is also not allowed trump it was a very quick affair trump pleaded not guilty and was allowed to travel back to florida where he made a speech at mar-a-lago that night and said i have a trump hating judge with a trump hating wife and family he said a lot of other weird stuff he said baron is tall and great that was another (laughs) quote (laughs) not paraphrasing donald trump jr is probably like he's never said anything like but. that about me. He's never once said something that nice about me in my life. No. And here's how oh, Trump is threatening the judge's daughter mm-hmm. on Twitter. And just Barron's just chilling and he gets he gets the great shout out. He referred to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg as criminal, an animal, and a radical left George, George Soros-backed prosecutor who's just out to get him. What's next? So Trump is not expected back in court for this until early December. And I've seen a lot of... Um, a lot of legal professionals, specifically Eliza Orleans, who is a public defender, say that's bizarre. Usually nobody gets that much time to just fuck off and figure their shit out and come back. 
And prosecutors are seeking a January 2024 trial. That would be around the same time as the Iowa caucus, which this man is planning to compete in. And Trump lawyers are asking for a spring date. You know, he's probably pled not guilty. So there has to be a trial here. Trump could theoretically do time. There's up to four years in prison for each count. But it's one of those white collar things where there's not a mandatory minimum. And even if he gets all of the counts, as we've said before, it seems like house arrest might be more likely or some sort of fee. Like we've said, this isn't the sexiest or the most exciting um, route of accountability. It just happened to be the domino. the sexiest. (laughs) That's true. I was fair. Sex related. The most sex related. (laughs) For sure. That's true. It is explicitly speaking involves the most sex, (laughs) I should hope. Unless uh, Trump was offering to do other things for those 11,000 votes that that we don't (laughs) know about. Uh, so yeah, he could do time. He probably won't. That that's that's it. That's that happened. And there's you know real action happening in, in Fulton County and with the classified documents, things that could probably um, come up before even that December date. But it was like we've we've said over and over again, the very first time this has happened in history to an outgo- a person that used to be president, and the first time amid Trump's countless crimes that we've actually seen him like in a, interact with the criminal justice system. Yeah. Yeah, I was. It's funny. Uh, before we started recording, I was talking to Jorge, our wonderful producer here, and we were talking about how, like, you know, I tuned in to watch the news right at two. And then all it was was like he comes out for one second, looks at the crowd for one second, walks away. And then the news was just that clip yes. on loop, on loop, on loop. And then we eventually got the one photo of him in the courtroom. And so they were like, just dropped new photo. And then they showed that photo. And at one point when I was watching NBC, they were like, and here's a newer photo. And it was just a zoomed in version of the original photo. I was like, guys, reaching guys. (laughs) It was pretty breathless. It was was a lot. like, Like within kind of 10 minutes, the entire story, like all of the information was out and had occurred and we had everything. And then the rest of the news coverage was just, belaboring the point over and over yeah. and over again and then back yeah later i tried to tune in to watch his mar-a-lago speech as i was also telling jorge and it was just like it sounded like an ai version mm-hmm. like if you typed into chat gpt like write a speech for after trump's arraignment like that's exactly what it was it was actually it was honestly boring yeah well trump is boring i think the one of the most exciting things about this whole debacle is really seeing some Republican all-stars come to New York. And (laughs) I feel like those were got more clips and, and seeing, you know, George Santos cry (laughs) because he said everyone was too mean to Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene saying like, you know, the Eric Adams, Marjorie Taylor Greene feud, um, you're not really rooting for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, those were like the more exciting clippets and snippets uh, then actually, you know, because we didn't, we can't see his mugshot. Um, it's not public. It's all about, sometimes it's all about the tailgate. It's the tailgate. Exactly. Yeah. The tailgate is better than the game. Yeah. Uh, so true. And that is, uh, March Madness. And we did, <laughs> of course, yeah. Older. We saw over. Marjorie Taylor Greene getting, um, getting escorted away after what, like 10 seconds of Yeah, speaking. she talked truly for like 10 seconds and so many people were yelling and whistling and stuff that you couldn't even and like really hear. she was genuinely surprised. She and George Santos, both the clips were like, oh, how could they? How undignified. Please. you They don't deserve any of that. Please. And even like, I know Fox News trying to report and Newsmax and all of that, like they had a hard time. And yeah, it's just like, 
you reap what you fucking sow. You have put out so much misinformation and have caused harm. And now you have to deal with the repercussions of like, you can go out in Georgia to any CrossFit gym you want, maybe, but you can't hang out on in downtown Manhattan. No, I. it also like it did make me feel good about like, I feel like he's the least powerful he's ever been, mm-hmm. you know, because this yeah. is a man who not that long ago was able to cause thousands of people to come to D.C. to have an insurrection break into the Capitol. Violence was done in his name. A people person died. died. Six people died. Yeah, like some like a woman one of the insurrectionists was shot. A police officer died. Like really, he was able to cause really serious havoc and violence and on a scale that we've not seen since like literally the civil war in this country. And now fast forward two years later, he can only get a crowd of 50 people to Manhattan and they're not really organized at all. And it's really more pro there are more like anti-Trump people and more journalists than there were. And like, like we said, he had a lot of time between when the indictment was announced and the arraignment to like organize something. So it did make me feel it, it it was what was stark to me was just like how diminished he is as a figure. If his own literally being charged, arrested, indicted and brought to court could not even earn like a quarter mm-hmm. of what he got for the January 6th of it all. Yeah. I think as you're saying that, it makes me realize how important, you know, the kind of pleas to the media were to like not blow it out of proportion, not cover it, not cover every move that he made. Because you're right, this is this does feel like the least powerful he's been for a while, but like he could be set up to kind of mm-hmm. ascend again. And mm-hmm. whether he does is not completely up to the media. But like, yeah, if you cover every single thing he said in that speech as if it's the most alarmist thing he's ever said and then give give his supporters an opportunity to, um, to you know, publicly – uh, contradict that then it's gonna it's gonna like fan the flame more and he's gonna become more and more more and more relevant so I think it's like important to sort of like hear that point that this seems to be kind of the most diminished she's been for a while and like let's keep it that way yeah exactly yeah. like let's I love this energy love this. Let's yeah, I love this keep era it going. <laughs> I just hope you know in the coming you know weeks or months as time passes that he still fights for his power because I really do enjoy seeing him and Ron DeSantis argue. I did like Meatball Ron. I feel like there's more there. He he can give more. And, you know, um, you know, I want to give DeSantis a run for his money. Uh, and yeah, like that is the only thing is that if Trump goes to jail, then they have time to prime another yeah. qualified Republican who's quote unquote more sense. I don't know. You know, it, it's tough because you would think a more moderate Republican would be the move, but Ron DeSantis is completely radical. So in a way, because Trump is so ineffective and incompetent, he seems a lot more moderate than Ron DeSantis. Less well, effective. Yeah. I mean that it, it's a scary thought, but not wrong. It's also interesting because I do feel like his, arrest has put the Republicans in kind of this very weird spot where they very clearly want to be moving away from discussing him. But by virtue of the fact that 
he's the last president that they had elected. He's running again. He's the most famous figure in their party. They can't ignore his arrest. So now they have to act outraged about his arrest. But if they're going to act outraged about his arrest, then the question from his supporters is, okay, why aren't you guys doing anything about it? So it really like, he has really backed them into uh, a corner in this situation, which is why you see DeSantis doing the thing of like, oh, I'm not going to cooperate with extraditing him or yeah, whatever, right. even <laughs> though it's like, well, we don't even really need you to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> it it puts him in this very weird position um, where like, I think forever his argument has always going to be in, ha- going to have been like, Trump is too, they're attacking him so much. He has all these illegal investigations. That's why you should pick me, even though he's good. I love him, but he's, there are too many investigations. But now it's like really all about his arrest, him, what's going to happen with his arrest. Is he going to be exonerated? Is he not? What if he's found guilty? It like, it pulls the conversation away from him and all of his like, but I banned all these books. Look at all the books I banned. You guys aren't even talking about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it really does force them to talk about one of the most toxic things for them at the time when they want to talk about at least. I mean, there are things that like both parties have message discipline. It's not like Democrats don't really want to talk about crime all the time. That's the thing that we don't want to harp on because it's not good for our party to talk about. But it's pretty easy to just be like, well, actually, I want to talk about this. But then when literally the biggest news event in the country is the most, you know, prominent yeah. member of your party uh, being arrested, they're going to be forced to. So he's going to be a big part of this election cycle, whether he is running um, from house arrest or not. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not Hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I also want to talk about this crazy shit going down in Tennessee. Yes. As we speak, lawmakers in Tennessee are taking a vote 
uh, whether to expel three Democratic lawmakers for supporting students protesting the lack of gun control legislation. So this part of our show might be a little outdated by the time you hear this, but their names are Justin Jones, Justin J. Pearson, and Gloria Johnson. So they basically like that protest with the really intense one with all of the students that Mm -hmm. came in. These three representatives also carried that protest over into the legislative session itself. They did like have a protest moment and interrupted the proceedings. No one was hurt. (laughs) Obviously, there were no arrests made at this protest, but their colleagues are furious. Their colleagues accused them of storming the Capitol and of an insurrection. And as a result of these alleged breaches in decorum, the elected representatives have already been stripped of their committee assignments and there have been resolutions proposed to expel them from the chamber because Republicans charged that the lawmakers did knowingly and intentionally bring disorder and dishonor. It's just it's so rich. And if these so if these members are ousted, you know, I think that they were stripped of their committee assignments. It's Tennessee. This is dramatically controlled by Republicans. I do think expelling members would be quite a big jump from stripping them of committee assignments. So I'm not really sure what we're going to see today, especially because if these members are ousted, there's going to be here's what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a special election. These three run again. They win again. And then they are heroes. They have such a glow on them from every liberal in the state who probably didn't even bother to vote yet and is now paying attention. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of, um, it's just a waste of time and money. And it's just interesting because there, with this, a lot has come out about the um, you know, idiosocratic offenses of Tennessee lawmakers. Gloria Johnson has pointed out that in the Tennessee legislature, they've never expelled members for a political reason, and they've allowed members to stay for far less, including, this is a quote, members peeing in their chairs hmm. and illegally prescribing drugs to their cousin mistress. Huh. Cousin uh-huh. mistress is a term I learned today. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm going to need to Google that. Yeah. Uh, learn a little um, more on that second point. The first point, you know, I don't think you should lose your job if you piss your pants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it's like, it's wasn't a drunk, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. it was a drunk piss, like like a star is born, you know, piss, mm. then. Yeah, it depends. If it was a star cool. is born, that would be. But if it's just <laughs> like an accident, um, no, whatever. But. <laughs> It's just like chilling stuff down there. Either way. Yeah, yeah, chilling yeah. stuff. I want to know more. I certainly want to know more about both of these points. You know, Which drugs? First cousin. Yeah, second it's, cousin. Second cousin. The thing is that you know, people in the South have to fight all the time to beat allegations that they're a bunch of pissing. <laughs> so like accident having cousin fucking people, oh, and God. the Tennessee government says. Actually, we are, and we're yeah. not punishing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for real, the, <laughs> uh, yeah, this just sounds like another bachelorette party in Nashville. Well, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Drugs well, for your cousin, no drag mistress. queens, no exactly, drag queens true. in Nashville. Th- this is the thing, though, is that you know, this honestly it reminds me of a lot of fights I have with my family, <laughs> of like. You know, somebody can cause a lot of harm or do something, but because they're not raising their voice, Mm -hmm. they don't have to be held accountable for it. But then as soon as you say a bad word or raise a voice or do something they don't like, instead of addressing the actual issue, it's like, well, you're yelling right now. And it's just like, yeah, I'm yelling because I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone else identify (laughs) with that? (laughs) But no, really, it's like the... the, I mean, as we're talking, it's just even reminding me of like, Every nobody knew there was trash talking in the NCA women's tournament until Angel Reese got in trouble, you know? Like well, then it was, yeah, yeah. Well, well that's see. just the nature mm-hmm. of sportsmanship. And I think the bigger issue is that 
there can never be gun reform in this country because of the gun lobby and the power of the NRA and the people who are taking payments from the NRA. And it's every time that there's a mass shooting, a school shooting, children, third graders are dying. These people, it's, it might be a little harder for them to sleep at night. And like, they have to reckon with, they received, sometimes it's like millions of dollars. Oftentimes these, I can't imagine these Tennessee lawmakers are getting, I feel like it's $20,000, $30,000 from their local NRA and gun lobby. So instead of having to reckon with that, instead they're like pointing out like, oh, these kids are so rowdy. Oh, this and that. Oh, yeah. woke agenda. Oh, this and that. Instead of doing what, their constituents want, which is to reflect and actually make some change that's going to protect kids from fucking getting murdered in school. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they have, it's just so ironic to me that they can swiftly move to action to expel these three people and strip them of their committee assignments, how quickly the legislature can move here. But to even talk about gun reform, that can't possibly happen. That can't begin. That can't be allowed. That you know, th this protest that took place, number one, was a peaceful protest. They didn't break into the Capitol. They didn't piss on everything. Right. And they didn't just, shit. They didn't take Nancy Pelosi's. They didn't steal the speaker's laptop. They the didn't presentation laptop. Have zip ties and guns and all that stuff. They weren't saying we would. They weren't explicitly saying we would like to kill certain individuals none of that took place but they it was a youth-led protest for the most part saying we want to see some action and instead of listening to that they're gonna it, i mean it's a master of distraction mm -hmm. you know but now there are also massive protests taking place in front of the nashville capital because of this and like you said i think if these lawmakers are expelled and then they run again and go back, it really just draws even more attention to the dysfunction that's happening in their state house. Now there are massive protests happening at the state house because of this potential expulsion. I think they've brought a lot of unwanted attention onto themselves and their entire state house. Who knows if there will be repercussions, but it does feel, I was, I said this in the newsletter, but it feels very like Streisand effect yes, to me yes. where it's like you, you're trying to prevent in trying to prevent any more protests from happening. You did something that's actually really outrageous. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, is, is outrageous on a level where I think people who maybe weren't engaged would suddenly become engaged because they're like, wait, you're going to expel these three elected officials because they chanted with protesters. Yeah. Like get, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also like, I mean, this is pretty dark, but if they just ignored it and like not did anything, then it would just be Absolutely. politics as usual. You know, I like know. they wouldn't have brought any attention, but because they were so offended, you're right. Like it made it much worse that yeah. they, they are now bringing attention and like expelling these people and showing that if they want to, they can work quickly, but you know, uh, they just don't care enough for, uh, you know, about, Children's lives. Children's I think lives. that protest last week humiliated them. Yeah. And they're acting out 
out of humiliation and trying yes. to get retribution. Had that not gone so vile where everyone was like, look at these cowards who these kids have to be there. I don't I think that that's actually what they're trying to get retribution about. They're not actually mad. These three lawmakers used a bullhorn. You know what it else reminds me of? I don't know if you guys have been following. This is not on our outline. The story of that little girl who had her goat, goat taken yep, away. Yep. In Northern no. Cal- okay. I haven't seen the goat thing. No. It's so so briefly, up. there's a little girl in Northern California who was in the 4-H club. She, I guess, part of the 4-H club was This raising- sounds like a feminism story, so please. Yeah. yeah uh, no, it's okay, so part of the 4-H big. club, whatever, was to raise farm animals for slaughter to eventually be auctioned off, whatever. This little girl, three of her grandparents had died recently. She made an, she became attached to the goat. She started, she had, she started crying. She didn't want to get rid yeah. of the goat. The mom was like, okay, you know what? We're going to take back the goat. It, it, technically illegally take back the goat. She went to the 4-H club. She wrote a letter. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was like, please. please let us, I will pay yeah. for the goat. Please, well, I'll pay for any incidental costs that are attributed to us yeah. taking the goat. The guy who had bought the goat at auction was like, yeah, whatever, fine. The guy who bought it said, yeah. But the 4-H club, it's like the Shasta. It's, it's something, it's in Northern California and Shasta is part of what they're <laughs> called. They were angry because I guess this made it to social media and they were angry about the negative social media attention. So they sent police officers to go to their house, take the goat and kill it. Yeah, they killed the goat. They killed the goat. And And I think it was like a lawmaker too that was behind it. Yeah, basically like, and it's another Streisand effect situation where like, they thought they had bad press before. Yeah, yeah. Now everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Now the family's suing because they're, this lawyer is like, "So actually, number one, mm-hmm. kids can't enter into contracts yeah. like that." So, like, there's in Cal- under California law, any child who's in a contract, which I guess this little girl was, they're allowed to like reasonably pull out of any contract yeah. because they're a little kid. So, number one, she should have been able to take the goat. Number two, as soon as there was a dispute about the goat's ownership. They needed to wait until that dispute was finished before killing the goat. But they did it basically to like teach her a lesson. That's what the the lawmaker said was he was going to teach her a lesson of like, you can't go back on your word or something. Yeah. So I'm going to kill this goat. So that's what this reminds me of is is the situation with the goat. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Well, let's hope they don't kill the lawmakers. But I don't don't think that's on the table. But similar vibes. We'll be watching this day. But we we have another sort of like similar and. A similar energy of anti-democracy story happening in our next segment, which is women's rights and women's wrongs. Uh, but I was going to promote our next Betches Night Out in this segment, but we have sold out. Yes. Wow. It went up a couple. Unfortunately, you cannot join Millie, Elise, and a number of other incredible comedians in New York City on uh, 420 at the stand where we will watch them and uh, have, have ourselves a night. I am going to make it a goal to get the highest I've ever been. And y'all know... I got a tolerance, so it's going to be a day. My boss is like, request PTO that day. Y'all come up to me like, where's my cousin mistress with the drugs? It is a Thursday. So after the podcast, oh yeah, we will, uh, you guys are going to be busy that day. I'll try to make it an easy podcast for you. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Women's rights and women's wrongs. Today we're going to do, uh, we'll start with women's rights. You've heard by now, of course, that Janet Protasiewicz won the election to become Wisconsin's next Supreme Court justice and won the election where now we must learn how to spell her last name. You're welcome, Janet. I'm on it. She defeated her Republican opponent, Dan Kelly, by 11 points. This was not close. These candidates didn't necessarily run as partisans. They don't normally. But Protasiewicz was very open about her pro-choice views. I would say she was more open about her pro-choice views than Dan Kelly was about his anti-abortion views. But you appreciate that because he refused to say that he was going to fuck with abortion rights, even though he definitely would have. This is huge. It means that the state's 1849 abortion law will be blocked once it comes to them. There is, um, It's in lower courts right now. This would restore abortion access in Wisconsin. It's currently not accessible. Wisconsin is also basically being held hostage by Republicans. It has been for many, many years because the state legislative maps are gerrymandered so aggressively. Like Wisconsin is considered a presidential swing state, but these these offices, the state legislature tends to stay pretty easily Republican because of these and even though it has a Democratic governor. Those maps are also likely to come to the Supreme Court, which is now flipped to liberals, who can finally undo some of that damage. And Protasiewicz herself has said that she thinks the maps are rigged. And if she and her liberal colleagues get a chance to send them back, they likely will. She said she's going to recuse herself from anything involving the Democratic Party explicitly because she took money from them. But I'm not sure if that comes into play here. But this is another example, sort of like the Kansas case where people abortion wins elections and mm-hmm. people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every time this has gone on the ballot since Dobbs, it has come in the pro-abortion rights favor. I think that the idea of sending it back to the states has really blown up in a lot of these people's faces in the places where that is being allowed to take place, in the places where the Republican hold is so strong Abortion access is being rolled back. It's really scary. It's horrible what's happening in certain places. But when the thing that they supposedly said that they wanted Mm -hmm. is actually allowed to take place time and time and time again, we are seeing that abortion pro abortion policies are a winning issue. I think I mean, we said a million times on this podcast and it has been said on other outlets, too. I think the overperformance of Democrats in the midterms had a huge amount to do with the Roe overturning and that whole situation. So it's like it's it's really 
great to see this. And it also is, I feel bad for the people in states where like, like a Texas, like a Idaho just did a, like the anti, or was that Iowa? One of the, I think it's Idaho. Idaho did, doesn't have any more like docked open. Any state that has had an opportunity to restrict abortion rights has said, no, thank you. Which yeah. Is huge. When it's actually up to the people yeah. as an initiative, as, a ballot, as yeah. a ballot initiative, as something that they can vote on, it's, they vote it down. It's in these legislatures, like Florida is now passing a six week ban. It's the place where they have like a strong grip and they're just going to move this stuff through where I really do feel bad because I think those places are going extra super hard, hard. Yeah. and they're trying to prevent people in their state they're trying to like rate like like put their tentacles out to other states too like yeah. what with texas did where it's yeah. like if you help someone they can sue you and now idaho is like you no anti-abortion trafficking for minors so you can't like help a minor yeah, get out you, of like, this travel state. for an abortion yeah they're like the states where this That's grip is mind. that strong, it's scary because I think they're going to strengthen their grip even more. But time and time again, when it's on the ballot, it's been proven what people actually want. Yeah, I pulled up this tweet that I saw earlier today because, it, you know, this is from a Republican like strategist. And it's it's just so funny because it, it just really exemplifies what you're saying. It's uh, this guy's name is John Schweep. Uh, it says Republicans need to figure out the abortion issue ASAP. We are getting killed by indie voters who think we support full bans with no exceptions. You do. Time for everyone you to do. suck it up and unify behind Lindsey Graham's 15 big week bill with exceptions. That's the plan. The alternative is suiciding the pro-life movement. We are months away from that happening. We lost yes. Wisconsin by 15 points. If this pro-life movement doesn't figure this out and get the GOP on board, the GOP is going to just abandon in the issue turn it up and and eventually start telling voters they don't have to care about saving babies eagle checks need to happen now it's do or die um i saw i've seen this whenever and then charlie kirk had a tweet the other day he was like we keep losing god we need god on our I side know, and I then it's like maybe he's not bro <laughs> yeah like, maybe god's speaking yeah. finally yeah, yeah. when you send through that trump might have a love child what did i say if trump has a love child god is a woman yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> the case i also want to talk as long as we're talking about janet protosawitz about the man she defeated dan kelly because he he had a meltdown he has served on the wisconsin supreme court before but he lost re-election and he lost it again this week but apparently has not picked up on the fact that the problem is him he is very frosty about his loss, and he railed against him to be Justice Janet, even though he lost by 11 points. Let's play a clip for our listeners. And it brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. This was the most deeply deceitful, dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. It was truly beneath contempt. No cheers. <laughs> it's very funny to admit you lost by 11 points to someone who you say was unworthy as an opponent. Like, I lost bad. <laughs> I'm also just like, this lady... This lady, she's so sweet. I know, I know. Um, 
But he's frosty. He can't handle it. It's just like, uh, talk about a sore loser. And if if Janet was a man, he would never say anything like this. That's such a good point. He would be way more respectful and all of that. And like, you know, um, this whole thing of like, I wish I could concede to a worthy opponent. It's like, it doesn't really fucking matter if you if you think she's worthy or not. You yeah. still have to concede, bitch. Like, who yeah, cares? Hillary Clinton conceded to Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, you can concede in your Wisconsin Supreme Court election, yeah. my dude. We do have a bit of a thorn in our side with this victory yeah. that we have to point out. Uh, because of how gerrymandered those districts are, a Republican did pull off a victory for um, in an election for a state Senate seat. And unfortunately, this victory gives Republicans in the state Senate a supermajority. So they don't have a supermajority in the state assembly, which means they can't override Tony Evers, the Democratic governor's veto. But they can, the state Senate alone, just like our, the U.S. Senate can try to impeach certain government officials, including the governor, attorney generals, and just and judges. And given given all of this around protosewitz and, you know, how expensive this race was, you can see them trying to impeach her for like nothing, for just daring to to do her job. I know people are really worried about that they're going to be very impeachment happy in the Wisconsin State Senate. I will say that like the Wisconsin legislature, this Republican legislature in particular has, they are very extreme and they play a lot of games. They've played a lot of games with Tony Evers. I think they're one of the ones that like passed a bunch of laws uh, restricting what the governor could do like right before a Democratic governor comes in. That's a play a lot of these like different legislatures have done. Um, they are very uh, extreme and shady. And so uh, I wouldn't put it past them to at least try. Because I, this is it for them. Like this is going to be their last like. Yeah, because also, again, Wisconsin was decided by like one point in all the different presidential elections. Mm -hmm. uh, the the conservative Supreme Court came within a vote of overturning the results in Wisconsin. We're very lucky mm -hmm. that they had a shred of dignity and did not do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it is uh, it is a precarious situation there. And when you back people into a corner, they do tend to lash out though. It also feels like what we've been talking about. Like I do wonder about the Streisand effect of all that. Like if they were to impeach Janet Protasiewicz, right. Mm -hmm. I feel like then there would be another election. And I don't think the person who's getting elected is then, you know, an ultra conservative no. anti-abortion judge. And then also it's like, these people put yeah. a target on themselves as partisan and not yeah. so it I, they're like we have to find a way to get rid of elections in the first place yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. i mean i know i read that tweet and like it's like funny that this guy's like we need to change our strategy but 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 republicans are always like yeah well maybe maybe we do line up behind a 15-week ban and then get some of those people back yeah exactly but i it's think a like, lot of i do i do have faith seeing the outcome of some of these that a lot of women even in the middle see through that they know 15 weeks ain't, ain't that early like it's not yeah but i think the bigger thing is that many people should see these loses and readjust or adapt and what's happening, you know, with these tricks and these games that the, these these politicians play is like instead of trying to find a way to make themselves more attractive to voters, it's like how yeah. can we prevent anything from happening at all? 
which is, you know, again, what Republicans love to do. I do think also that people don't like to be bamboozled and tricked and treated like idiots and have it have the wool pull like the rug pulled out from under them. And like we saw time and time again, election deniers losing people. People don't like to feel like you're fucking with their democracy and mm-hmm. their vote. And even though there are as like there are many ways that people's votes are fucked with and our democracy is fucked with on all different levels. These outright attempts, I do think that people react very strongly in a negative way yes. to them. And we have seen that. I'm seeing that a lot related to our next story, which mm. of course for all of women's rights, we must also discuss their wrongs. Today we're talking about Trisha Cottom, I believe. Ooh. I know. Trishes are unpredictable. You know, they can give you the shirt off their back sometimes. They'll raise you from a baby, but sometimes they're going to switch to the GOP after getting elected as Democrats. You just you just never know. And that's what's happened here. Representative Trisha Cottom of Mecklenburg County. She represents the Charlotte area. She won her election, the 60, and the Republican got 40. So Charlotte's an area of North Carolina that has like a lot of transplants. Um, there's definitely like conservative strongholds, but you know, it doesn't surprise me that she she won that handily as a Democrat. The thing about her switching parties, which she has done, is that this hands the GOP in North Carolina a veto-proof majority, which is a pretty devastating sentence if you've been paying attention to North Carolina politics or even just abortion politics in the South. Because uh, North Carolina, really, they have a Democratic governor. They've been able to, you know, this this wall has existed between the legislature and a bigger abortion ban. And that doesn't exist anymore as long as this woman votes with the party she has Switch to. So as if Trisha votes in lockstep with her new party, that means that what they want to do on immigration, what they want to do on abortion, they can governor Democratic Governor Roy, Roy Cooper can veto it, but they can put it into effect. And people are very furious about this. They I've gotten a lot of questions today, like, how is this even possible? Mm. Um, the same questions like when Kristen Cinema did it. And again, like I think she could be recalled or I honestly think, and Sam, Sammy said, it's like, who gave her a big check? And she was like, yeah, because yeah. especially especially her. the reasons. So what reasons did she give for switching parties? Substantive policy disagreements, a major ideological shift she sees in the party she disagrees with? No. She says that it was bullying from her Democratic colleagues is what pushed her over the edge. Let's listen <laughs> to a clip. Modern day Democratic Party has become unrecognizable to me and to so many others throughout this state and this country. The party wants to villainize anyone who has free thought, free judgment, has solutions, who wants to get to work to better our state, not just sit in a meeting and have a workshop after a workshop, but really work with individuals to get things done, because that's what real public servants do. If you don't do exactly what the Democrats want you to do, they will try to bully you. They will try to cast you aside. One of the absolute worst moments, which was a deal breaker, a turning point for me, was when I was criticized for using the American flag and the praying hands emoji on all my social media platforms and even on the back of different vehicles that I have. I really could not believe that was the conversation that was happening at that time. And I was deeply offended. To say that that is wrong and not to be able to show off a flag because the others hijack it for something else. Why are we at this place in politics? 
Yeah, well, she's going to get her ass bullied out of office as soon as she's up for re-election again because she won as a Democrat by 20 points. So, yeah. Well, it's also like if you don't do what the Democrats want, they bully you. It's like that just sounds like, yeah, like, but it's also like, isn't that most of the job is like convincing people and having debates and talking through and this and that, like. You're not fucking working in a soup kitchen. Mm -hmm. You pass a bill and if you don't agree, people will convince you why you should. Like, that is the job. Sounds like you don't want to fucking work this job. even if you're an extreme partisan in an extremely partisan environment, I just, I don't know much about this woman. Obviously, she doesn't have very closely held Democratic beliefs. I was reading about her whole family is like known to be Democrats. Obviously, like, you know, a family history of being a Democrat in like... You know, Massachusetts is going to be different than Mm -hmm. in North Carolina. But to me, the most striking part about this is this: she's like, they're mean to me and I don't like working with them anymore. It's like the the differences between the two parties these days are just so, so massive. But as I was listening to her, I think we've said on the podcast before, we've talked about how there are some people from a certain generation, like our parents' generation, who do feel alienated from the Democratic Party for the specific, I don't think this is a fair, I think they're being babies, for the reason where they're like, well, I feel like I can't say anything, and I just get yelled at, and it's all diversity trainings. It To me, it is crazy that that would move you to the party of fascists. But is there anything you're hearing from her where you're like, oh, yikes? I mean... I, I what the thing that just strikes me is like okay go to the Republicans and say that you support trans kids getting gender affirming care and see if you're bullied. Go to the Republicans and say you support abortion rights and see how they treat you. Like it's it's such a it's it's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, like a party has beliefs that mm-hmm. are part that are core to its beliefs and if you don't adhere to them that doesn't mean you're automatically kicked out of the party. But, yeah, you're probably going to hear about it from your other colleagues because the party has an agenda that it's trying to pass. It's just interesting that she says, like, you know, free thought and free judgment when, like, we talk all the time about how big the Democratic tent, I kind of to the Democrats. Tolerated her ass up until then, apparently. Exactly. Like, the, the Democratic tent is huge. There is... You know, moderates, there are people like Amy Klobuchar, there are people like uh, AOC, like, it's just impossible. That what you if after find- I read this podcast reviews, I was like, I'm going to become a Republican? Well, Come on. Right. I wouldn't blame you. Leave, leave five-star <laughs> reviews on Apple TV. Just five stars. <laughs> just five stars only. Or go only. away. <laughs> or go away. Um, no, but it, yeah, exactly. Like, it's that. And then also the thing that struck me was her saying that nobody has solutions Name a Republican solution for fucking anything that doesn't completely ostracize, worsen our society, get rid of public schools, get kick people off like any kind of social net. Like these people don't have solutions. All they do is want to ban books and like yell at trans kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what is the Republican solution to the gun violence problem? What is it? Yeah, more or guns. To climate change. To climate change, zero. Cli- their climate change is to say it's not happening, it doesn't exist, whatever. So yeah. it's just same with the gun thing, and same with wage wage gap. Same like. Well, yeah, we're. I mean, we're literally in a situation right now where the debt ceiling still hasn't been raised. Biden has said we've released our budget. I challenge the Republicans to release their own budget, and they won't release a budget. They don't have a budget. 
on they, a national level. Like, what are the solutions that she says the Republican Party is putting forward that the Democratic Party doesn't have their own answer to or a solution or a plan? What about the cost of health care in this country? What, where is the solution? They uh, Republicans almost repealed Obamacare with not, a, not nothing, nothing in place. That's they what they don't do. have anything. Right. That's no, what they, they do. Have no budget. And this is what I think. I think that she pissed in her chair <laughs> and, somebody, <laughs> and somebody was like, you either switch parties or we're going to tell or everybody. Or we're going to tell everybody. And you pissed you know, you in your chair. Anyway. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, we will end today with a toast to two far more preferable women leaders. One of them resigned a couple months ago for her mental health. The other, uh, she did get fired. She got a little fired with her colleagues, but that's all right. Finnish, who hasn't? Finnish Prime Minister Asana Marin is famous for both getting her country into NATO and clubbing with COVID. She has stepped down as her party's leader after that party, the Social Democratic Party, came in third in the weekend's elections. The top spot went to the country's like mainstream conservative party, and the second went to right-wing populists, which you don't, you don't want to hear. I feel like we've been talking a lot about how Finland women are the happiest, but I don't know. Now, Not I, have, anymore. now I have my doubts. So she was no longer going to be the prime minister anyway with this loss. So she did decide she could have stayed her party's leader, but she did decide to step aside because she basically said a lot of what Jacinda Ardern said, I'm tired. Um, she said she's ready to open a new page in her life and she wants to live a slightly more peaceful life. She, of course, got a lot of attention on her social life because she dared to have one. And that time that she didn't pick up her phone and she had club while she, she was at the club. <laughs> that, was that, 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 that was an oopsies. That was an oopsies. Her party's <laughs> loss and announcements Listen. come during Jacinda Ardern's final week as prime minister of New Zealand. She stepped down by choice and cited similar reasons to just have a more peaceful life after dedicating all of herself to the, the job. And she said she had nothing left in the tank. She gave a really emotional farewell today and talked about how meaningful it was for her to lead the country through so many emotional moments like COVID and, of course, the Christchurch mass shooting, which she was able to, you know, convince her her colleagues to basically ban assault rifles. So um, I want to do a quick cheers to them. You don't have to actually open these. But but what do we what do we wish the millennial girlies and their relaxing post-retirement weekend? Oh, um, well, for Santa, I just hope that she, uh, you know, no one parties like a millennial who just lost her job. And so I hope that she, you know, she flies free. She dances like nobody's watching. She Literally. lives. She laughs. She loves. <laughs> Cheers, Sana. Cheers. Cheers. Sana. What are we wishing for, for Jacinda? Jacinda, you know... Honey, go to a spa. Self-care, self-care, self-care. Mm -hmm. Manifest. What do those words mean? Who cares? Go to a spa. Go to a steam room. Go to a Get your astrology club, chart. Get yeah. your chart read. Get your natal chart read. Get your, your horoscope. Uh, right. Just do your thing. Girl. Libra new moon today. Give so moon. really good time for establishing new balance mm -hmm. in your life mm -hmm. uh, and really regrounding yourself, figuring out where you want to go mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. couldn't be a better time mm -hmm. could not be a better time to be a millennial world leader female quitting her your job <laughs> cheers to sana and jacinda cheers. Cheers. cheers and cheers to us that is that is our show the women of this podcast are stepping down just for this episode don't worry <laughs> we'll be back next week until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm elise morales i'm millie tamaris and this is the better stuff podcast bye the Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. 
social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.